All right. All right. Very good. Very good. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. That was good. Whoa. Hello. I would have a lasagna candle. I'm not even going to lie. I would light that right now. Find my thing. All right. We are in lesson four of James. Lesson four of James. I hope you enjoyed it. How many of you say I've learned something in the book of James that I didn't know before? Before. Okay. Amy, that's a couple. Cool. Cool. Hopefully, I have. I have as I've studied it. I think tonight's going to be really good. Hey, welcome. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be good. So here's, here's my question to start. You're just like holding a guitar here. Do you want to set that down? Do you want to hold it? You can hold it. You just want to, you just want to, he just wants to hold it. That's fine. I respect that. <laughs> All right. How many of you have favorites? How many say you have favorites of something? Favorites of something. Favorites of Brad. Brad has lots of favorites. Star Wars is one of Brad's favorites. Brad, what's your favorite TV show? The Office would be Brad's favorite TV show. I should have put that on my list. That's, that's it. Okay, so here we go. I, because I'm the one who's teaching and I have the slides, let's see how well you know my favorites. Are you ready? Here we go. Favorites right here. Favorite baby. Well, I really, you already knew this. I just really wanted to put those pictures up there. Look at that. That wasn't, the rose wasn't even staged. He actually grabbed the rose on his own, which is, which is dangerous. Um, I think Joe probably wins that, but yeah. God, he's so cute. He's so cute. If you want to see a picture, Joe took one this afternoon of him touching the Phoebe with the little rose, and it's adorable, and my heart melted. Okay? All right, that's easy. All right, here we go. This one's easy. Very good. If you said anything other than tacos, get out of my life. You don't know me. Okay? Here we go. What? All right, next one, favorite sport? Basketball. Basketball, lacrosse. Basketball, yes. Here we go. Now these are going to get harder here. Here we go. Now wait a second, favorite sports team? Bulldogs, Browns fan. The Browns. I am not a Browns fan. I heard two people say it. Kenneth said it. Auburn is my favorite sports team by far. I get very angry when they lose. Okay. I like the Bulldogs a lot, but I favorite. I like Auburn. Okay. All right, keep going. Favorite animal. This is a hard one. The chicken. The holy bird. The chicken. A mongoose? Is anybody's favorite animal a mongoose? I did have a kid in kids' church when I asked this question say slug, which I think is a problem. I don't know. My favorite animal is actually a tiger. I would love to own a tiger very much. I'd walk a tiger everywhere. I'd just walk. I'd sell my car if I had a tiger. All right. Now, favorite singer? Adele. It's not Adele. Tamaya's on the list. It's not Joel. Even if it was Joel, I wouldn't say Joel because he would take that and run with that for the rest of his life. My favorite singer is... Anybody know who this is? Maybe. Ben, ben Rector. Ben Rector is my favorite singer. If you've never listened to Ben Rector, you should. He's got really good songs. Okay. All right. Do I have more? Favorite movie? Ooh. Guess? Favorite movie? It's not SpongeBob. That was a good guess. What? I've never seen that movie. 
I hate that movie so much. My favorite movie is Gladiator. No, my favorite line is when he when he takes his helmet off and he says, I am Maxus, I can't say his name, but Maximus, father to a murdered husband or putter. I can't say it. How's father to a murdered? That's not a thing. Well, I'm going to break your face. Yeah, I love that movie, though. I haven't seen it in a while. I need to watch it. Favorite candy? Favorite Camry? I love Albanese gummy bears so much. So much. Is that it? That's all I have? All right. All right. How many of you would say, anybody want to name your favorite movie? Favorite movie? What? Favorite movie? Alien. Alien. Okay. Just wants alien slobbering on people. Okay. What? Space Jam. You got a favorite movie? Frozen. Frozen. Is it good? I heard it was good. You like Frozen too? The first SpongeBob movie. The first SpongeBob movie. Anybody got a favorite singer? Favorite singer? You have one? I don't know who that is. I don't know. What? Adam Condry. What? You in the shower? All right. You got a favorite singer? Joel Rickard is David Jane's favorite singer. Anybody have a favorite candy? Joel. Joel. Joel's Seth's favorite candy. Very good. Favorite candy. All right. You say, why are you talking about favorites? Why are you talking about favorites? We all have favorites. You probably have a favorite color. You probably have a favorite restaurant, favorite food. You have, you have a favorite flavor of ice cream that you like, right? All these things. Here's why we're talking about favorites. When you get to James chapter 2, this is how he starts. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. He's saying you shouldn't have favorites. Now, here's the deal. Here's our first point. Write it down. We have favorites. This is the whole reason he says this. If we didn't have favorites, then he probably wouldn't tell us not to have favorites. So here's, let's think about this for a second. How do we develop favorites? Anybody got any ideas? How do we develop favorites? Huh? Okay, I got that written down. Okay, here's the first one I wrote down on how we develop favorites. Experiences. How many of you have had an experience at a restaurant and now that restaurant is your favorite restaurant? What restaurant? What? El Paso? I've never heard of this. Never heard of this. Experiences is one of the main reasons I am an Auburn fan. I want you to think about this. I grew up in Indiana. I have lived in Florida in North Carolina. I've never lived in Alabama. I did not go to Auburn. I, I, here's where my love for Auburn came from. My grandfather went to Auburn. And when I was your age, he took me, every year, he took me to one Auburn football game. And I loved the game, but my grandfather, he was, he was, he was just retired, and, and, and he would go to the hotel, and I was like 14, and he'd be like, here, I need you. He wanted to take a nap, so he wanted me to leave. And so he would give me $200, and he would be like, go, hey, go buy something at the gift shop. So I'd go buy all these shirts and stuff for Auburn. And, and I developed this love for Auburn football. So now when I watch Auburn on TV, it has, it has, very little, has a little bit to do with the game. I want them to win. But a lot of Auburn being my favorite is the entire experience 
experience. This is my childhood. This is me going to Tumor's Corner and getting a lemonade. This is all of these things. It's the best lemonade in the world, by the way. And all of these things. It is Emma. Yeah. And, and I love, I love Emma Likes Georgia, so I, I hate her team. Um, but I love, I love Auburn football because of experiences. What about this one? Do you know we develop favorites based on external influences? It's just a fancy way to say other people told me to like this, right? Here's where, here's, here's where I'll show you. Do you know celebrity endorsements are all about this? Right now, you can turn on your commercial, you can turn on your TV tonight, and there will be a commercial of some celebrity endorsing something they care nothing about, but they hope it becomes your favorite because they get paid. Let me prove it to you. I found some random celebrity endorsements. This is Hulk Hogan advertising pasta, okay? This is Pasta Mania is his shirt right there. Pasta Mania. Anybody not know who Hulk Hogan is? You don't know who Hulk Hogan is? He was a wrestler. That's, that's Ric Flair, yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan was a wrestler. But the idea is he's a wrestler advertising pasta. He doesn't care about pasta. But he wants you, he wants Pasta Mania to be your favorite. Here's a good one. What about this one? Justin Bieber toothbrush. You had one of these? Apparently, apparently from research, this toothbrush sings you a Justin Bieber song. What song does it sing? Sings you a song while you brush it into heart. One less, one less lonely tooth, right? Okay, there we go, yeah. Justin Bieber, apparently. This is old. I, now, this one, this one, I don't know if this is wrong, but I found it and I was like, I have to show this. This is Stevie Wonder. If you don't know who Stevie Wonder was, Stevie Wonder was a blind musician. With Atari, come on Atari. Atari says, if I could play Giddy Games, you would bet it would be Atari. The dude can't see. This proves my point. Here's, here's my point right now. I could ask you your favorite brand of shoes, and I bet you probably one of the reasons is an external influence. Your friends thought, dude, those are cool shoes. You need to get your new J's. Or you're all about Tom's. You're all about Converse, whatever. You're all about your certain style. It's an external influence. I asked Ivan this week. I was sitting in the office working on this message. Ivan likes the Miami Dolphins, okay? And so I asked Ivan, I said, why do you like the Miami Because, A, they suck. They're terrible, okay? They're, they're, they're going to be terrible when they get. And here's what he said. When, my, when Ivan was growing up, when he was your age, the Dolphins had Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Don't put it up yet. And, and he thought, did you put it up? <laughs> did you already put it up? <laughs> it's not there now. It's not there now. You can put it up. Go ahead, put it up. It's funny. Look at this. This is Dan Marino. And Ivan said this to me. I said, why did you like the Dolphins? He said, because Dan was the man. That's what he said. That was the tagline. He said, Dan was the coolest guy that was in sports at the time. Now, I want you to look at this and go, this guy? These pants were, what is it, Zumbas? Was that what it's called, Brad? Zumbas? You don't know. Yeah, Zumbas. Apparently, he started wearing these and people started, wear, started buying them because he made them so popular. Dan Marino, the Miami Dolphins are in Miami. If you've been to Florida, it's not cold. Dan Marino, I saw this on the NFL show, Dan Marino started advertising winter gloves. 
This makes no sense. And thousands of people bought them because Dan was the man. Here's what I'm guessing. Part of your favorites in your life are because somebody, maybe a celebrity, maybe a friend, maybe a father, maybe whoever, your family, told you, well, this is going to be your favorite. This is what we like. Here's the last one. How we develop favorites, experiences, external influences, and selfishness. Selfishness. Now, I don't mean selfishness necessarily in a bad way, but, but I remember going to Baskin-Robbins, walking in there, and they said, would you like to try guava ice cream? And I said, I've never had guava ice cream. I like to say the word guava, but I've never had guava ice cream. And they gave me a little spoonful of guava ice cream, and guess what? There was a sensation within my taste buds that changed my entire perception of ice cream. And today, if you ask me my favorite ice cream flavor, I will tell you guava. Not because you can find guava anywhere, but because it felt so good. And I bet you that's why you like that certain food. It feels good. I, these shoes are so comfortable. My bed is my best bed. I love this song because it makes me feel so special, right? I'm not making fun of you, but it's true. We are inherently selfish. Now listen, I don't care if you think, man, are you preaching about having favorite ice cream flavors? No, I don't care what favorite ice cream you have. I don't care if you like Nike or Adidas or Converse or Uggs. Apparently Tom Brady advertises Uggs. I didn't know this, but apparently he does. I don't care. That's fine. You know why? Because those are things. And things, you'll, you'll get new shoes next year. You can change. You can, you can like a certain type of video game or a certain restaurant over another one. Unless you don't like Chick-fil-A, then you're wrong. Like, all of these things. But here's the deal. What happens is we take all of those concepts of favoritism and we start applying them to people. Think about it. In your phone right now, do you not have favorites? I have turned my phone on, do not disturb, right now. There's six people who can still call me. They'll come through. They're on my favorite. Brad, you're not on the favorites. You didn't make the list. So sorry. But Joanna can call me. Pastor Bob's my boss, so he can call me if he wants to call me. Ivan can call me. I think one other, maybe only four, one other person can call me and get it. My own parents are not even on my favorites. Don't tell them that. Okay? But it's not bad. But what we do is we start to think there's some people that I really, really like. And there's some people, well, they can call when I don't have it on Do Not Disturb. They're favorites. And we might be quick to say, like, man, I don't, I know favorites on the phone, but really, like, I don't play favorites with people. Like, I'm a nice person. I'm a nice person. James anticipated this. Here's what he says. Verse 2, he gives an example. He says, suppose a man comes into your meeting. So maybe a meeting like this. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes comes in also. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor at my feet. Now, wait a second. Remember, remember what's going on in this letter. Who's James writing to? Anybody remember? Anybody remember? It's right in the Christians, but a certain group of Christians. These are Christians who are being persecuted. So literally, imagine this. We, we try to explain this every time because it's so 
rare to our thinking. But these are people who, are you a Christian? I get to take your house. Are you a Christian? I just killed your mom because your family's a Christian. This is persecution. Some of you think they would really benefit from a wealthy, influential person walking into their meeting and showing kindness to them, right? That would be a good thing. And James says, if you look at that person and you show preferential treatment to them over someone else, he said, you're wrong. Now, wait a second. We don't, we don't identify because we hear ring and gold and you're like, what are you doing? But let's put it this way. Suppose someone walks into your school and they're really athletic. Like I'm talking super athletic and like, like your team really, you really could use them on the team. And not only are they athletic, like they're cool. Like they're just, they're just this. And then right next to them is the guy is just kind of, he's kind of a nerd and he smells a little bit and it's like, ah, he's not. You see how favoritism can come in real quick? What about this one? Maybe, maybe it's the person that like their personality and your personality are just like aligned. You're like yin and yang. You're like besties. You see each other from across the room and you know. And then there's that personality that you want to punch their face out. And James says, if we show favoritism, we're wrong. We're wrong. Here's why. When you make favorites out of people, when you have favoritism, you become the judge. You become the judge. That's what verse 4 says. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Think about it. Let's take it in something simple, not people. Let's say you walk into a shoe store and you see a certain type of shoes that you love and you're like, man, these are the shoes. This is what I want. These are the best. You literally looked at all the other shoes and you said, you are not worthy to be on my feet, right? You'd make a judgment. You made a judgment. And that's not wrong because it's shoes. But when we start doing that to people, you're literally, now we would never say this out loud and we don't mean to. But we would look at the attractive, athletic, super cool guy and go, you're worthy. Uh, not so much. Oh, oh, your personality is like mine. You're worthy. Uh, not so much. We become the judge. And this is silly. This is silly for a couple reasons. When you become the judge, you're only judging on external things. Would you want to be judged on the clothes that you wore in sixth grade? I wouldn't. Man, I had these pants when I was in sixth grade. I thought they were the coolest pants of all time. They were from JCPenney, which if you shop at JCPenney, it's fine. But they were, they were dry fit cargo pants that zipped off at the knees. And they had a pocket here. And not only in the pocket, inside the pocket, they had, I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up, 20 other pockets and I wore them every day because I thought they were the coolest pants in the world right now if I wear those today make fun of me okay because I shouldn't wear those as an adult right but we're doing as silly as that sounds we're doing the same thing we're judging people based on external criteria because that's all we see look what James 2 verse 5 says says this, 
I think it does. Did I miss it? I'll read it. I may not have it. Here's what it says. It says, Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen the poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith, to inherit the kingdom he promised? Listen, I watched last night the dunk contest, right? Aaron Gordon came out and he dunked over Chance the Rapper. Okay? Here's Chance the Rapper wearing, I saw it, wearing a Gucci belt that probably cost more than my car, right? He's wearing shoes, all this stuff. You know what would happen if you put my $6 belt and Chance the Rapper's Gucci belt in a fire? They both burn. They do. They both go away. So if you want, if you want to base your entire life on external things, how much money I can make, how pretty I am, how athletic I am, how smart I am, how my clothes look, how, how popular am I. You can, and you can judge other people by that way, but it's going away. And in fact, some of the most wealthy people in this world have nothing because they're content and they have peace. There are people right now who live in China who are in house churches in China meeting underground with the threat of a virus that could wipe out thousands of their friends and they sang a worship song tonight better than we've ever sang one in our life. Because it's not about external things for them. Here's the other reason this is silly. The people we tend to show favoritism, those people a lot of times don't have our best interest in mind. You realize that I'm going to pick on somebody I don't know. I'm not mad at this person at all. He's probably a nice guy. Let's imagine for a second your favorite singer comes in here, right? Maybe it's JB. JB walks in here and we all, we all touch him and go, why do you have so many tattoos? It's too many, you know, and it's like, is it too late to say sorry? Like all these things. I don't know any songs. He just released a new city, I think. Yummy, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know if it, I've never heard it. So I just can't listen to a song entitled Yummy. I don't, I don't know. So let's say he walks in here and I'm not mad at Justin Bieber. I'm really not. I'm not here to bust Justin Bieber. But let's take the toothbrush that we put on the screen, right? Super silly. Do you realize we would all, like, can I get a picture? I would do it. Can I get a picture, all this stuff? Do you realize that Justin Bieber doesn't care about us at all? Again, not matter what I'm using as a celebrity. We could put James Harden. We could put LeBron. We could put anybody in here, right? But he doesn't. Do you know why Justin Bieber advertised for a toothbrush? It wasn't because he really cares about little kids' hygiene. It wasn't. He knew, and the marketing company knew, you put Justin Bieber's face on a toothbrush, and thousands of little screaming girls are going to brush their teeth at night, and we're going to make a billion dollars. It's true. It's true. And we can do this with, we can do this with the type of shoes you want. Man, I've got to get to Kobe's because it's Kobe, and he, it's Kobe. Right? We can do this, you can do this with, with, your favorite, with your favorite music, all of these things. And at the end of the day, those people are really, they're taking advantage of your favoritism. Justin Bieber is taking advantage of your favoritism. Now, it's a good business move. I'm not mad at him. But he's literally going, hey, listen, I'm going to make a lot of money off of this. You realize how silly it is for us now to show favoritism? to certain people who have all this stuff when they don't, actually, they don't actually care about us. Let me say it this way. Do you realize your best friend may not be the person you like the most? 
You might like that person because you think they're mega cool and they make you look good when you're in the crowd, but your best friend may be that person that gets on your nerves. It might be. It might be. Here's the ultimate reason. When we become the judge, God's not the judge anymore. Because every person that God made is precious and priceless and valuable. And when we show favoritism, you know what we're doing? We're doing exactly what I remember one time I built this table and I thought I had it looking nice. And Joanna, did, she didn't mean to sound this way, but she walked out and said, what do you think? And she goes, well, I don't, it's, it's not your best. <laughs> I could just spend like two hours working on this table. It's not my best. What are you talking about? Like this, this is a good time. No, it's a table. And she was right. I could have done better. But you know what we do a lot of times? There's somebody that we don't, we don't, we don't, they're not, they didn't make the cut. They're not our favorite. And so we look at God and be like, yeah, yeah. They're okay. I mean, it's not your best work, but it's... Can you imagine how that made God feel? This is a person he, before the foundations of the world, he thought about. He planned everything else about them. He loved them so much he died for them. And we're going to look at them and go, it's okay. So what do we do? What do we do? There's no problem with having favorite things, favorite ice cream, favorite tennis shoe. The problem is when we have favorite people. People are eternal. So here's what James tells us to do. I'm going to simplify it here. Make everyone your favorite. You say, wait, time out. Does this mean we all become Buddy the Elf? Like, you know, I can answer anybody's phone call when I have a party. Everybody has to be invited. I need to be besties with everybody. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. Do you know who your favorite person in life actually is? It's you. Think about it. Your favorite color, your favorite food, your favorite movie, it's all about you. In fact, the person you think about the most is yourself. You thought about what shirt you want to put on today and how it would make you look. Maybe how it would make you not look. Maybe you say, I just want to put on this shirt because it's comfortable. It was all about you. Here's what James says. James says, take that same mentality about you being your favorite and love other people that way. Look what he says. Verse 8. If you really keep the royal law found in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. Now, who are we to love? What's it say in the verse? Your neighbor. Your neighbor. So it's just like we all become Mr. Rogers and like put on a sweater and like have a little make-believe village and we love her. No. Here's what it means. Jesus actually told a parable about a neighbor. You've heard of it. It's the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was this dude who was literally just walking down the road one day, and he looked over, and he saw a guy who was in need. And the story that Jesus told, this guy was beaten up. He was being robbed. He was almost dead. He saw him in need. And so he helped that person. You know who your neighbor is? You're walking down the road. Maybe you're going to school. Maybe you're coming to a youth group. And you see somebody in need. Now, here's probably what's not going to happen. You're probably not going to see someone who's, like, bleeding their guts out, okay? If they are, you probably should help them. That would be a good thing. But I bet you'll see someone who's lonely. I bet you'll see somebody who you could look at and go, what can I pray for you about right now? 
I bet you'll see somebody who had a bad day. I bet you'll see somebody who's home. They wish they could change a whole bunch of things about what's going on there. And we have a chance to love that person because if you were to start thinking about that person as being yourself, then you couldn't just walk by them. Because you wouldn't want somebody to walk by you. Like, like I just want somebody to care. We could care. Love that person as yourself. I mentioned Mr. Rogers. There's a great story that I heard. Mr. Rogers had the mission of making every person feel included. And so what he did is he started to think like every kid that wrote into the letter. And one of the things he used to do, if you ever watch the show, you should, it's really cute. But he would get on there and he fed a fish in every one of his episodes. He had a fish tank and he'd go, hey, time to feed the fish. And for a while he would just walk past it and he would get out the fish food and he would just kind of feed the fish because everybody was watching. And then one day he had a little kid right into him who was blind. And the little kid said, did your fish die? And he wrote back to this, he said, why, why are you saying that the fish die? And he said, well, you never, we can't hear you because I only listen to the sound. I can't hear you if you just, and so now when you watch Mr. Rogers, the reruns, every episode, Mr. Rogers walks over and he goes, I'm going to feed the fish now. And he did it for that one kid. You won't convince me in a million years that that didn't change that kid's life. He cared enough to go, time to feed the fish now. Do you realize you could do that for somebody? If we would stop going, well, they're prettier and I want and this, and, and if we would just go, I'm going to treat you like I, I would like to be treated. I'm going to love you as much as I love me. Here's the opposition. I would do that, but they don't deserve it. Like, like either, either they don't deserve it or there's someone who just deserves it more. Like, I'm going to love the people that love me back, right? I'm going to, you know, I, I would love that person, but they're just so annoying and it's so much. Here's what James says. If you judge other people, you are judging yourself. If you judge other people, you are judging yourself. Look at verse 9. It says, But if you show favoritism, you sin, and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Whoever stumbles, whoever keeps the whole law, yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do not commit murder, you become a lawbreaker. Now listen, let me really clear on something. We've taken this verse and this, this thought of not judging, and we've said, well, we can't ever tell somebody about sin. It's not what it says. It's not what it says. In fact, you do not love somebody if you allow them to continue in sin. You don't. If, if Adam is doing something that's going to ruin his life, and I don't ever look at him and go, what are you doing? You're missing it. You're not, you're not Adam's friend in that moment. You're not. The people that have changed my life have been people who go, Roger, do you see this? So what are we saying? Here's what we're saying. When you show favoritism and you're going, you're more worthy because of X. Maybe you're more athletic. Maybe you're funnier. Maybe you're popular. Maybe you've got cool, cool shoes, right? You're more favoritism because of that. You're making a judgment. 
And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you are violating the law in that moment. So in the moment that you're judging somebody based on external, you're actually judging yourself because you just violated the law. So let's get it all down. Let's bring it home. Here's the last point. Treat people how God has treated us. If you haven't engaged in the lesson, I want you to engage right here. Treat people how God has treated us. Look at the last part of the verse, last part of this passage. James 2 verse 12 says, Talk and act like a person expecting to be judged by the rule that sets us free. For if you refuse to act kindly, you can hardly expect to be treated kindly. Kind mercy wins over harsh judgment every time. Do you know why you show favoritism in your life? You know why I show favoritism in my life? You know why there's some people that I got time for and some people I just, eh, maybe. Here's why. Because we don't understand how amazing God's grace and mercy is. You realize none of us are worthy. Here's my fear. The passage that we looked at tonight, the big point was the royal law, right? Love people like you love yourself. Here's my fear is that we're doing that. We love people like we love ourselves. We just look in the mirror and we hate that person. We look in the mirror and we don't understand how that person can be worth anything. We look at ourselves and go, you know what? I'm not worthy. I don't measure up. I've made too many mistakes in the past. I blew it in this way, in this way, in this way, and there's no way that that person deserves love. And so what we do is we try to stuff all of these other things that we're hoping will make us worthy. And so some of us, I totally did this, some of us will stuff athleticism and just go, if I can make enough threes, then someone will go, worthy. Maybe I'll get a scholarship. Maybe I'll be pretty enough. If I can be pretty enough, then maybe I'll have the right clothes or the grades or be in the right group or maybe one day I'll make a lot of money. And then, and all we're doing is confirming the lie that we've told ourselves over and over is that you, won't, you don't measure up. You'll never measure up. You're not worth anything. You're not worthy to be loved. God couldn't love you because of what you did, because of what you've done, because of what you keep doing. And we take that and we love people exactly how we love ourselves. Because we come to them and, well, you, here's my list. If you make the list, you get love. If you don't make the list, you don't get love. I love what this verse says. Expecting to be judged by a rule that sets us free. You got a choice. If you want to be judged by the law, you can. If you want to, you want to go, I'm going to be that perfect person. I'm going to perk a home, perfect life, perfect, perfect marriage one day. My, my, I'm, going to, I'm going to get a lot of money. I'm going to make all the grades. I'm going to be successful. You want to do that? That's fine. The problem is we've already been judged and we didn't measure up. Like just today, if we just take just today, we don't make the cut. 
we were jerks today. We had lustful thoughts today. We got, we got short and angry with people today. We passed up people who needed a loving, kind word, and we just went, we didn't make the cut today. Here's what's really cool. Jesus already knew that. So if you want to be judged by the law, that's fine, you can. Or you can be judged by a rule that sets you free. And that's grace. And that's mercy. You realize that Jesus saw all of your sin. So that thing right now that the Holy Spirit just put in your mind, Jesus saw it. Like that moment that if you could have one moment where you could just get a little eraser in time, and we'll get that one out. That thing. Jesus saw it, and he still loved you. He knew you wouldn't measure up. The cross, Jesus dying on the cross, is once and for all of eternity God going, nobody's good enough, but I am. I am. You know what you need to do tonight? I wrote it on your paper. It's on the back. Get in a quiet place. Turn off your phone. Turn it all the way off so it doesn't even ring. Turn it off. Get in a quiet place and say to yourself and to God, I am the one Jesus loves. Not the world, not the church, not our youth group, not Roger, not Miss Sherry, not Brad. I, me, with all my crap, with all my junk, with all my inconsistencies, I am the one who Jesus loves. Here's why. Look at me. Until you accept Jesus' love for you right now, All of this that we're talking about is a waste of time. Because you are going to love people like you love yourself. You just hate yourself. You just think your sin has disqualified you. You think that God's done with you. And God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll take a risk that I still love you, if you'll take a risk that I'm good enough, that you don't have to, me- that you can't measure up, but I did, well then we can Look at somebody who, according to our list, they don't measure up, but they're here, they're our neighbor, and they got a need. So I could love them like I love myself because I've been loved. You will never change whatever you're struggling with until you accept God's love. You won't. You won't. So that's the challenge tonight. You have favorites. Make everyone your favorite. And treat people how God has treated us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight to accept your love. Lord, I know there's so much in me that wants to preach a message that says, do better try harder, and there's, there is admonition in this verse, but Lord, the only way that we love other people, that we love anybody, is if we are infused with your love. 
And so I pray that tonight you would help. Maybe, maybe it's just one student, but I pray you would set that student free and that they would feel your love like they have never felt it before, that they would believe in their soul that there is nothing that can separate you from their love, from your love, and that they would take that love and begin to give it to other people because it will ignite so many miraculous things. Jesus, we love you. Your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's do this. Let's do, we got 20 minutes for groups here. Let's do guys and girls. We'll split it up tonight, just guys and girls. Um, and so I've got, who's leading a group? Adam's leading a group. Dakota's leading a group. Claire, Cameron, Sydney, and that'll work. That'll work. All right, so two guys groups, three girls groups. Find a spot. Let's stay in this room. Find a spot in this room, and then we'll be done after that.